0: Hey, thank you for listening to the City Life Church podcast. We are leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. We are a church in San Francisco, and we are praying that this word will encourage you, challenge you, and help you grow in your faith journey. Today, I kick off this series called My Next Big Move, and I'm going to expound on that because God's always on the move. And people are always moving, but what about the move? So let me bring you to Mark chapter 2 real quick. We'll unpack this primary text right here together, and I'm going to give you some practical pointers today. Is that all right? Mark chapter 2, and it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was, he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, kind of like this auditorium today, standing room only is crazy Um, Even outside the door, there was no room. While he was preaching God's word to them for four men, they arrived carrying a paralyzed man on the mat, and they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. How dare they? And then it says, seeing their faith, not the, the paralyzed man's faith, but seeing their faith. Someone say their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, "Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home." And the man jumped up. He grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they all said, "Dang!" No, they didn't. And they were all amazed and they praised God, exclaiming, "We've we've never seen anything like this before." Now, we can take an entire series and unpack just this portion of Scripture right here, all the different elements included in this. But here, here's the thought. There's these friends who had a brother that was paralyzed, and they heard about this man by the name of Jesus from Nazareth, that as he would preach, there was authority in his words, that when he would preach, demons would flee, that when he would preach, signs and wonders would accompany, that when he would preach, uh, people that were dead would come back to life. And they, they heard about a man who had substance and he had authority and he had power and they also knew that there was a friend of theirs who doctors couldn't fix him doctors couldn't help him and he was paralyzed he was limited and yet there was a man who was coming into their context uh, who had power and he had authority and his fame his name got out perhaps Maybe this Jesus can actually intervene and do something on behalf of our friend, and move with compassion, and move with the spirit of just man. We care about our brother. They brought the man to where Jesus was at, and the Bible says both here and also in Matthew chapter nine that when they got there, that the place was so packed they couldn't get in. But they weren't taking a no for an answer. Come on, somebody. Some of us Christians we get tired. Oh my gosh, it rained us last week. There was a flood up in here. I can't go to church. They wouldn't take no for an answer. They get there and it's like, no, we've come all the way here. And there's a friend that needs a touch. There's somebody that needs a miracle. And we're not going to take no for an answer. We're not going to take these limitations for an answer. We're not going to take these obstacles. (laughs) Come on, somebody. So they worked and they made a move. Pastor Keys, man, they're going to preach better with you next Sunday. I'm just warming them up for you. Alley, Up it for next Sunday. They didn't take no for an answer, so they made a move. And the move was like, nah, nah, nah. We're, we're not going to just wait on the outside. This man, this fella here, he needs a touch from Jesus. So they did something bodacious. They did something crazy. They did something that was insane, disrespectful, and rude. They found an alternative. They climbed up on top of this building, whatever the house was, whatever the venue was, and they could hear. They didn't have sound systems back in the day, so apparently people were pretty quiet, and they could hear Jesus eloquently teaching. And could you imagine just the audacity? They don't have a sound system like this, so people are crammed, and they're leaning in and listening to the words of the teacher. All of a sudden, (laughs) the heck and all of a sudden the dust starts to kind of float down and and then there's some light rays beaming in and through the building like i could just imagine the host whoever owned the house are going what the heck is going on somebody get the ushers upstairs what's going on and all of a sudden they lower the man right in front of jesus And Jesus, he stops his sermon. And he's impressed with their move. He's impressed with their faith. He's impressed with their heart of compassion, their desperation, their willingness to be mocked, their willingness to be judged. I got it. Again, I could pack or unpack this thing for days, but let me keep moving on because I'm talking about the move. God is always on the move, but there's a time and a moment where he's asking us, what's your move? What are you willing to do? What's keeping you back from making the move? Is it about your name and reputation? Is it about what people are going to think about you? Are you concerned about what people are going to say about you on your social media platforms or at your family reunions? God's made the move, and he's waiting for us to make our move. And I'm, I'm going to show a couple examples. Of course, in the scripture, there's significant characters that made extravagant moves. They made a move, and they were defined by these moments, these moves. Recently, I preached about the life of David. But David would primarily be known because he fought a giant by the name of Goliath. I think of someone by the name of Noah, where God spoke to him and says, Build an ark. Build a what? They hadn't built ships back then, Adrian. They hadn't done that kind of stuff. So for the next 75 years, some of y'all have wrong theology. It wasn't 120 years. If you do the math, 75 years, Noah would build an ark, something that was insane. I just imagine his context and culture, you know, people would, it became a tourist attraction to come. People that were visiting wherever Noah was living, the locals would say, come here, come check out the crazy man who's building something called an ark. And they would collect, just messing with you. But for 75 years, he, made him, he built an ark, something that was insane. Uh, I, think of like, I think of this gal by the name of Ruth. She was a widow. Her mother-in-law was a widow. And then all of a sudden, she, she had a choice to make. Her, her sister-in-law says, I'm going to go back to my people. But she said, I'm going to follow my mother-in-law to another people. And she said to, to Naomi, she says, your God will be my God and your people will be my people. She made a move. Little did she know she was being grabbed because of that courage, because of the determination, because of her faith, because of this move, she would be grafted into the very lineage of Jesus, the Messiah. She could have stayed in Moab, but she made a move. Something stirred her to go with mama. She made another move too. She went after Boaz. Someone said that was a smart move. Someone said, Thank God she didn't went after Boaz's cousins. Have you taught on Boaz's cousin's a bishop? His cousins. she could have gone after Poaz. She, she could have gone after another cousin, Brokaz. Or the other cousin, Dumbaz. I could keep on going, I better, I better move on. Woo, help me, Jesus. She made some good moves. (laughs) Pastor Keyes is praying in tongues for me right now. Let me move on. I think of Esther. (laughs) Keyes, like, yes, Lord, preach that. (laughs) (laughs) Esther. She was raised for such a time as this. She represented not just herself, but her people, and she made a bodacious move. When in that context and that culture, no one could approach the king without permission or an invitation because her people, their lives were on the line. She made a move. She actually broke protocol and approached the king. Servants were stunned. What is she doing? He extends the scepter. Received. That was the move. It saved her people. I think of uh, Peter. Peter was crazy, crazy cat. And yet he'd become a leader of the early New Testament church. Jesus is walking on water. The boys are in the boat. And then all of a sudden they see what appears to be a ghost and they're like, ah, they freak out. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, allow me to come to you. And he says, Come. Peter, out of 12 disciples, these would be the apostles. These would be the leaders of the church. They're all in this internship program together, but it took only one man, only one had the courage to make the move. And he stepped out, he made a move shortly after he tripped. I mean, he's like, oh my gosh, the waves, the wind. And he began to sink, but he made a move and Jesus honored. And it says that he stretched out his hand and immediately held him. God honors faith. God honors courage. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible doesn't even name her name, except she was desperate. In their context and in their culture, because she had this condition, she was referred to and diagnosed as unclean. She couldn't come in contact with people, but she knew that there was a man on the other side of the crowd that could bring healing. So therefore, she would press through until she would touch the hem of his garment and healing virtue was released. and. She was set free. She made a move. We can go on. There's so many other characters, but these Bible stories, these people, they they were marked by these moves, by by, by these bodacious, courageous decisions. And generations continue to talk about them. The Bible records it, and we continue to, to be reminded and be inspired by their moves. These were defining moments that marked their lives, and in some cases, it marked the lives of countless others around them. Some of the qualities that were displayed in their decisions were courage, faith, trust, perhaps even some desperation. Yes, yes, yes. What is it that God's stirring us to do for him? What is the move that he's actually nudging you to make during this season as you step into 2023? Now, now, help me. Just There's a difference between faith and presumption. God's not asking you to just do some stupid things like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna step out I'm gonna climb up at to the top of the Salesforce building and I'm gonna like make a move now you're stupid if you do that don't do that the difference between presumption and faith the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the what the Word of God presumption is when you just step out and you make a move but you had no word so the key is to have a word and then respond to the Word of God the problem that I find, Pastor Keys, is that we live in a culture where information and theology is available everywhere. God is speaking all the time. You want to learn about Jesus? It's everywhere. It's on your phone. It's on your watch. The problem is not the word. The problem is the response to the word. That's why there are prophetic conferences and there are prophetic conference junkies that bounce from one conference to another to another Listen, if you didn't obey the first, God, the first word that God gave you, why are you chasing the next one? You got to be faithful with what he's already spoken to you. He's not going to keep on unfolding new things until you're faithful with what he's already delivered to you. So the question would be, whose move is it anyways? In this whole theology, we've got a few doctors in the house, and Pastor Isaac will soon be Dr. Isaac here in a few months. Like, man, we got theologians and scholars We could get into Calvinism and Arminianism, but I won't do that today. Is it God who makes the first move or is it man who makes the first move? And when I speak about man, I'm referring both men and women. Humanity. Is it God the one who takes the initiative or is it we who take the initiative? It's funny because many people are waiting for God. But I have a hunch that in many cases, God is the one that's waiting for people. I'm just waiting for a move of God. I say this respectfully, but there's a wonderful man that I highly uh, esteem and admire. He would say often, a move of God fixes everything. <laughs> Love him. And I said, Pastor, what, what does that move look like to you? He says, well, when God moves, fish are going to be flopping everywhere. He was a fisherman. He loved fishing. And that was the analogy. I would use sports terms. And, but anyways, and I'm like, so move of God. So, so what do we do? Well, we wait for the move of God. And I. There's a place for that. And I honor that. We wait on God because God has to take the lead. But what about when God begins to make a move? And all of a sudden, he's leaning on us to respond. As Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet is caught up in this dream. And all of a sudden, he's in the very throne room of God. And he sees these seraphims. These are angels with six pairs of wings or, or six wings, three pairs of wings. And, and they're, they're talking. And all of a sudden, you know, God begins to say, who will I send who shall we send? And then the prophet finds himself overwhelmed. Send me. There's something about God looking for those that would partner with him. He's looking for men and women that will listen to his word and then actually do something with the word of God. This is what this series is about. What is it that God's speaking to you about in your context today in 2023? What are some things that perhaps have been delayed or moved to the back burner where God said, hey, I'm wanting to reset your focus a little bit, help you to get back on track. I'm wanting you to make your move. I'll do my part. I've already initiated, but you need to do your part. What is it that God is speaking to us about right now? Let's not wait till 2024. What is it that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about right now? So Hebrews 11 verse 1. Because this requires faith. And this is the definition of faith according to Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. This whole journey with God is a faith walk. It's a faith walk. And let let me share some simple theology with you on faith. I'm going to give you seven thoughts. I was going to give you six, but I'm like, nah, that's not biblical. It needs to be either three or seven. So I'm going to give you seven. Number one faith doesn't originate with man. Faith actually originates from God. The Bible says that he's the one that's given all of us a measure of faith. And this is not to be confused with the gift of faith in 1 Corinthians as one of the spiritual gifts. I'm talking about just an element, a measure of faith. We we are spirit beings, therefore God's placed a measure of faith within all of us. Number two, faith is a response to a God-initiated nudge. So, when we say faith, it's actually not you starting or jump starting something. It's actually you responding to a nudge that God already brought your way. He'll either speak to you or he'll set up certain circumstances to nudge you into having to respond. Number three, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We are spirit beings, we have spiritual ears. The whole fast that we're doing is to help you and I to detox from only listening to the noise, the noise pollution in the natural, to honing in and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the spirit realm. That's what fasting does. It clears the mind, clears the heart, clears the spirit. Number four, faith is expressed through action. So in other words, if you're actually flexing your faith muscle, there's going to be some fruit. There's going to be some activity that will follow. It's not just theory. It's practice. Number five, faith is not just a suggestion or recommendation. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. It doesn't say that they should or they could highly recommend that they do. No, it says they shall live by faith. If you've been made right with God, you're the righteous seed. We make make mistakes. I get knocked down, but I get up again. The righteous fall (laughs) many times, the Bible says, but they get back up. The righteous shall live by faith. So faith is is par for the course when it comes to your walk with Jesus. Without faith, you actually don't have a relationship with God. So it's not just a suggestion number six. Faith, or I should say like this. Without faith, it's actually impossible to please God, according to Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. How do you please God? You exercise faith. But point number seven, faith is always rewarded. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But God, come on somebody, but God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. So these are just some components of faith right here. This idea of making a move for God has to do with him already taking the initiative. Him actually being the one who actually drops those thoughts in your mind, and your heart. Some of you have been praying about, man, maybe I should start a business I've been working for somebody else for a long time, and I just kind of feel a stirring. Come on, Marketplace Ministries. And all of a sudden, you feel like this nudge. Is it just you? Is it just your background, your academics? What is it? Maybe you've been praying and seeking God, and God just kind of nudging you, but like, man, I don't want to, like, take the risk. Huh. And all of a sudden, as you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, faith then is beginning to stir. But listen, if you only keep waiting on God, and you never take that step, some of you feel like man I need some further education. Listen, if you don't sign up for school, it ain't going to happen. You got to do your part. Baby steps begin to move upon the move. And watch them how the Lord begins to part the Red Seas for you. He begins to activate something. He begins to bring people into your journey, divine appointments, divine connections. So here's the thought, move number 1 actually comes from God. Even at our best, we're not enough. God is the one who takes the first step towards you. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, you didn't choose me, I chose you. That you would bear forth fruit and fruit that would remain. So when it comes to this journey of the move, my next big move, actually the first move was made by God. It's always made by God. Then move number two, it's, it's you. And then every time you make a move and it's in alignment with the will of God, it's always followed up with the reward. That means that he makes move number three. He takes the first step. You take the second step. And then he follows through. I got you. See, God could do it all by himself. Somebody's going to get this on Tuesday. God could do all of this by himself. He doesn't need robots. He doesn't just need actors. He wants partnerships. Celia and I were talking a while back, and we're talking about her plans for the future. This girl's brilliant, smart, savvy, driven, talking about school. Now she's an entrepreneur. She could start businesses like right now. And we're talking about these things, and though she's brilliant and she has all these different qualities and giftings, and she's amazing that way, I don't think it's just her idea or her parents' idea that placed those things. I feel like God is the one who's been nudging her, preparing her helping her begin to see a bigger picture like no i've been called to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath i'm not here to just get by i'm not a survivor i'm a survivor no you ain't you're not just here to survive you're here to thrive so you're gonna crush a girl why because god's already made the first move it's just inevitable again you come from a great family i'll know your family it's not about that though it includes that But God's already made the first move. So then as you make your move, then he honors it and he follows up with his move. Are you with me so far? If God has already spoken about something, then it's your move. If God hasn't spoken about something, then it's still God's move. So you need to like wait on the Lord. Has God spoken to you about something? If he has, then he's waiting on you. Tag, girl, you're it. Tag, bruh, you're it. It's your move now. But, Lord, I don't know what to do. That's right. That's why I'm going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting so you know what to do and how to do it. He's spoken. He says, Abram, leave the land of your father. Where do I go? I'll show you but you got to leave before I show you. Some of you want a full description of God's divine destiny. Every step of the way, it doesn't work that way. If he had spilled it all out for us like that, it would require no faith. But this journey is a journey of faith. And therefore, as you take that step, then God says, well done. Okay, let me show you a little something, something. Psalm says this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Back in that culture, they didn't have flashlights or LED lights or like the technology that we have. So they would strap on like these little torches or candles, leather straps. Oftentimes they would only have one. Sometimes they would have both. Like watch out the flames, bro. But they would have one little torch and they would take a step and it would illuminate just enough for the next two to three steps. And that's it. They couldn't see what was 10 feet ahead. In the dark of the night, if there weren't stars that were shining bright, that, that little lamp could only illuminate so much. And what the psalmist was saying, he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The word of God always finds you right where you're at. It may not tell you everything about your future all at once. But it'll direct you in the right direction. It'll help you to avoid some pitfalls. Uh, It'll help you to avoid some bad relationships. Uh, It'll help you avoid some poor choices uh, so that you don't find yourself stuck in that pit. You may not get the full revelation of what God has for you just through a 21-day fast and prayer campaign. But as you give yourself to the Word of God, it'll show you how to stay the course. And as you're obedient with your next move, God will help you take the next step. And then the next one until you reach the destinations that he has for you. Am I preaching to somebody? I got an email this week that just blessed my my heart. One of our sisters in the church sent me and Pastor Elena this email. She says, "So, so I received a prophetic word about increase back in August. We had a prophetic summit and some prophets were prophesying. And this prophetic word was that God was going to increase, particularly in finance. I remember sharing this with you, Pastor John, John that, I was, that I was encouraged to activate and do something about it. So, so I asked for a promotion and a wage increase. Come on, somebody. I followed up several times with my boss, and he kept telling me that the request had been escalated and that we were waiting. OK, you know how God sometimes speaks with green lights, yellow lights and red lights. Sometimes the yellow like what is it? God, we're waiting. We're escalating it. I like that. She says, my request had been escalated to the VPs. So during this entire waiting period, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me into practicing having faith and praying with expectation. I didn't give up on believing what had happened or, or that it would happen last month. Listen, she got the word in August. She says, last month, I finally received both the promotion and title and the rates. I am grateful. She goes on to say, I am I'm grateful that I didn't waver and believe something was going to happen. Along with that, I received a reduction in some bills. Come on, somebody. Money saved. is money made. She said, I didn't wait for the prophetic word to just happen. I activated my blessings with action and received favor. She says, I believe that this this experience uh, strengthens my faith muscle and praying with expectation muscle. There are so many other things that happened during these past four months. It's just incredible. Pastor Chelsea knows my story but wanted to share this praise report with you as well. Can we give the Lord some (laughs) praise right there? God spoke, she believed, and she acted upon the word of God. She made her move. God spoke to her. She believed it. She made her move. Some of us, we wait and wait and wait upon God. Waiting here for you. Yeah, we can wait upon the Lord. But as he speaks, make her move. What's your next big move? What is it that God's nudging you to do? What are some things that need to happen in your life to be rearranged so that you can actually advance and not just kind of coast? What are some things that you need to do in this season right now where you say, you know what, I'm fixing for advancement, so I'm going to take care of the small things, believing God to take care of the big things for me. What is it that you're going to do? So in this case, my sister, shout out, she's one of our life group leaders, and shout out to all of our small group leaders throughout. We love you, we honor you. That's why, that's why I'm so excited. Church is not about just one person on the platform, it's an entire team. Whoever is part of this small group that she leads, man, whatever is on her is going to get on you. That spirit of faith and courage that's on her. And then the practical application, come on somebody, that's what discipleship is all about. So what's your next big move? What is it that God's stirring in your heart? I like to say finishing unfinished business. Thank God that 2020 is behind us and 2021 is behind us and 2022 is behind us, but there's still unfinished business. There are some things that God is still saying, I want you to close the circle on those things. I want you to follow through. Yes, you have a new clear slate, so to speak, a new fresh canvas to work with, but there perhaps are a few things that you still need to go back and deal with. This week, someone had reached out to me before I flew out to the East Coast and said, Can pastor can i grab lunch with you i said well matter of fact i actually have an opening let's let's connect and in the time in the course of time talking I said man god has been speaking to me for the last year about making things right I said 9 years ago you approached me as my pastor and you challenged me in a few things and i didn't receive your pastoral insight and i allowed my heart to become hardened and i actually i i, I out of just kind of self-defense, I kind of built a wall and I isolated myself and I, I left you and I left the church. He said, but God's been speaking to me that I need to repent. I need to make it right. So as, I, as I'm eating some Chinese dumplings, I'm like, wow. What do I say? Like, I, I'm not sure that I wasn't expecting you to say you're sorry, but I, I receive it. If that's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about, then so be it. You're forgiven, bro. love you. Still love you. Never stop loving you. Our job as a church community, we, we are friends. We're brothers and sisters. But my duty primarily is to be a pastor. So I will speak the truth in love. If God's nudging me to come and speak to you about something, then it's, it's my assignment. I have to be obedient to him, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and as a family, so, so there it is. Closing the circle. God, God was nudging this precious brother to close a circle to deal deal with something that had been undealt, undealt with. What is it that God's stirring in your heart to do? God won't give you new instructions if you haven't obeyed the previous ones. I'm just gonna start going to another church then. I'm just gonna go to another church. <laughs> it's not the church that's a problem, you're the problem. <laughs> That's a freebie. I'm just blessing somebody with that. Hey. (laughs) What are the instructions that he's already given to you? What is he nudging you? What is he speaking to you? And it's funny because God, he's got great memory, y'all. You might have forgot. God doesn't forget. And he'll begin to rearrange a few things and you find yourself like, man, I'm here again. This is the seventh church I've gone to in the last five years. Maybe he's trying to say something. That's just bonus material right there. Bishop just said, sit down. That's right. <laughs> I'm tempted to say, it. I won't. 2 uh, Chronicles 7.14, you might be familiar with this passage. It says this, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's the key right there. You think you're all that in a bag of chips? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Someone will say 21 days of prayer and fasting humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Let me, let me pause right there for a minute. Y'all keep asking for more of God's blessings. Stop sinning. I'll be the mean preacher today, bro. You just like, you just like, man, you just bless them next week. We we keep, you can't accessorize God. You, You can't just sprinkle a little Jesus here and there and still sin. Man, I've been tithing so good. I've been giving God offerings. Listen, he doesn't, listen. (laughs) We like your offerings. That's cool. You're believing for a breakthrough to the measure of revelation that God's already brought insight to you about things that don't honor him. Be proactive. Say, you know what? I'm going to choose not to give in to those things any longer. Being that it's a New Year's resolution, more than joining 24-hour fitness, come on, somebody, and starting a new discipline in the physical. Do something in your spirit. Say, you know what? I'm choosing. I'm choosing to not give in to this. I'm choosing to live a life that is surrendered to God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and Turn from their wicked ways. You don't just add Jesus to your agenda. You turn away from the wicked ways. And then we seek him. Come on, somebody. We seek his face. And he says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 in the Berean version says, call to me and I will answer and show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You don't know what you don't know. But as you call unto unto him, as you call upon him, as you pursue God, he will answer and he will show you some things. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with part of your heart. Nah. (laughs) You will find him when you search him and seek after him with Someone say what? All. All your heart. And it connects to what Jesus was telling the folks that were trying to ensnare him with some theological questions. In Matthew 22, they're asking him, like, so what's the greatest and most important commandment? And he answers, he says, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with half of your heart or maybe two Sundays out of the month. (laughs) You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with someone say all, all all your soul and with all your mind. Let me say it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all all your soul, and with all all your mind. What is it that God's asking of us in 2023? He doesn't want just a slice of the pie. He wants all all of the pie. He doesn't want just a little bit of your devotion on Sunday morning. He wants all your devotion all week long. Some of us, we get dressed for church on Sunday. We get all spiritual. We stop cussing because we came to church. started thinking about Boaz all of a sudden, like, man, what's going on, man? Someone jumps on the keyboard so you can help me, like, land this plane. Here, here's, uh, here's the point. When it comes to our next big move, it starts with the most elementary and kindergarten move, and that is complete surrender. God's not looking for you to surprise him with something extraordinary, like, whoa, where did that come from? Never saw that one coming. No, he's sovereign, he's omniscient, he knows everything. Every thought, every intent, he already knows everything. Before you even had the thought, he already knew you were gonna have it. Before you went into that place in emotional despair, God already knew you were gonna go there. That's why he was throwing roadblocks to keep you from becoming discouraged. He said, join a life group. That's a blessing right there, it's not a joke. Why are you isolated? Why do you find yourself disconnected? No, do life, it's not good for people to be alone, the Bible says. Adam, it wasn't good for him to be alone, so God created a companion. God knows your thoughts. He knows the intentions. He knows our motives and motivations. He knows all these different things. The only thing that God asks for is complete surrender. That's all he's asking us for. It's always asking you for. My kids, <laughs> Christmas season came and went. No, it's kind of still there at our house. We still have the Christmas tree up. It's like, dude, at what point do we park and pack the Christmas tree? But Elena loves palm trees and Christmas trees. Anyways. <laughs> trying to guess what, what our kids want for Christmas. Like, you know, can you just help me out? Just write a list of some of the things that would be a blessing to you. Know what technology our kids now they don't just give it in generalities they give me the the exact link to amazon this is exactly the one i want juliana sent me this link to these new balance shoes they were just amazing like this is exactly the color the style and then i ordered the guy's size instead of the girl's like dang it she even sent me the link and i still messed it up jeez What's on God's list? What's on his Christmas list? What is it that he's wanting from us? Here's a link right here. I want all of your heart. That's the link. It's says, it as says specific, and you can't even miss the shoe size on this one. It's that clear. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to remind you of three basic action steps on how to apply this word. My dad used to say when I was a young boy. So there's a reason God's given you two ears and one mouth. Because this boy can talk. So God's given you two ears and one mouth. That means do twice the listening. More listening, less talking. Step number one, action step, listen. What's God speaking to you? Listen, if you don't know what God's speaking to you about, engage in this 21-day prayer and fast campaign. That's what happens. You're trying to hear from God. Don't be texting me at 11 o'clock at night. asking. You ask God. If you need to hit up a pastor, hit up Pastor David. He's a youth pastor. Hit him up. (laughs) What's God speaking to you about? Listen Listen to what he's he's speaking. He's gentle. He's gracious. The Holy Spirit is always communicating. So step number one, listen. Step number two, believe. Another way of saying the word believe is agree. You may not agree with him, therefore you won't believe. So if he says something, even though your mind may not like it, agree with his will. Agree with what he's speaking. Come in alignment with what he has for you. Don't be stubborn. Look at where it's got you so far. Listen, believe, and then number three, act. Make your move. Do what the Lord nudges you to do. And it might look different in different cases, in different contexts. Like the young lady that shared the the testimony. She received a word. She put a demand on it. She said, God spoke it. I believed it. Therefore, I'm going to act upon it she went to her supervisor said i need a promotion i've been here long enough i'm a baller she didn't say that i know she's a baller, but she acted on the word of god god we love you we thank you for your goodness and your grace thank you for your faithfulness we thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith you who began a good work you're faithful to complete it god as we kick off this new year this new season we don't want to just be fully dedicated for 21 days no god we're We're believing that these 21 days are gonna clear the palace so that we're fully dedicated 365. God, we wanna honor you. We wanna be fully surrendered to you. Complete surrender. That's what you ask of us. God, as we empty ourselves of us, we ask that you would fill us with your heart, with your mind, with your will, with your thoughts, your plans. God, give us courage to respond. Holy Spirit, I pray that even in this moment right now, today, this afternoon, this week, moving forward, God, I pray that you would clear the palate, that you would clear the noises, Lord, th- those internal noises that would fill our minds and hearts. God, we want to hear your voice clearly and we want to believe and we want to act upon it. Give us courage to respond. Give us courage to say yes. Lord, we say yes to your will. Your, your character is perfect. Your, 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 your nature is perfect. Your, your track record is perfect. You've never failed this, God. You're not about to fail us now. So we trust you. We put our hope in you. God, let faith be instilled into hearts and minds today. Let courage find your people today. For those that are overwhelmed, distraught, tired, God, you are the lifter of our head. You're the God of encouragement. You're the God of peace. You're the God of strength. Father, for those that are overwhelmed, God, I thank you that you are the anchor in the midst of our storms. You bring peace and stability and strength. If you're just impressed in my spirit, some of you, you've come to the end of yourselves. You come to the end of yourselves and it's like you need, you need God to take control. You need God to take over. Some of you, you never had a walk of faith, so this is new to you, but I'm talking about some people who you've known God, you've, you've walked with God, and you find yourself at the end of yourself and say, man, I just can't do this out of my own strength. And God says, come to me. Lean into me. Cast your cares upon me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Trust me. Right now, I'm going to invite my prayer team just quickly, just move out of your seats real quickly because I feel this moment. It's... It's a dividing of waters is kind of a moment and I'm, I'm declaring the prophetic flow of God. Johnny, come on up front and our prayer team. Some people need to hear from God today but you need to make a move. God's already made a move. You need to make a move today. Let this be the starting point of a new season, a new chapter for you. Some of our pastoral team, EPT, help me out real quick. I want to just take this moment. Again, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity right here. What is your move? What is it that God's Speaking, what is it that he's doing in people's hearts and minds? If you need prayer right now, just come and find one of these prayer leaders right now. We're just going to take the next few moments. We're almost done, y'all. Almost done. Allow these folks to pray, allow these folks to partner with you. But if you feel like, man, I need God to come and intervene, I need God to step in, I need God to come and speak his word, I need God to help me clear the palate, I need God to clear my mind, I need God to come and intervene, I need God. Just come out of your seat right here, right now. Come out of your seat. Just get some prayer on, online right now. Pastor Lamia, our prayer team that's online, they will pray with you. They'll pray with you right now. Let's just pray. If you need prayer, you move out of your seat. Find one of these leaders. Let me pray for us real quick. God, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're not the author of confusion. You're not the author of disorderly conduct. You're not the author of turmoil. You're not the author of fear. But you're a gracious God, you're a compassionate God, you're, you're a merciful God. God, even now we call upon you. If my people who are called by my name, God, you said that if we would call upon you, huh, that we would humble ourselves. God, that we would seek you, that we would turn from our wicked ways. God, you would hear us, you would do something. God, we return to you, we turn our eyes to you. We turn our hearts towards you right now. Lord, we repent of our own devices. We repent of doing things our own way. We repent of of being in charge. God, we don't want to be in charge. We want to be fully surrendered to you. So we surrender fully to you right now. We surrender fully to you. We say, be Lord over all. Be Lord over all. Be Lord over all. Every area, every pain, every concern, everything that would steal our joy, God, we bring it all to you. We say, be Lord over all. Be Lord over all. Just right now, God, God is just telling me this. Some of us were 90% surrendered. And we're saying, God, I'll serve you and I'll trust you in all these areas. Just, just not this one thing, God. I got this. That's the very thing that's keeping you back. That's the very thing that's holding you back from the next move. That's the very thing. It could be a relationship. It could be forgiveness. Maybe someone's done you wrong and you haven't released them the one that's bound is you, it's not them. What is it that God's speaking to you about, my brother, my sister? What is God speaking to you right now, right now? God says, I want to be Lord over all. When we take things into our own hands, we've taken them out of God's hands. God says, let go. Trust me in this. Trust me in this. We got more people lining up for prayer. So prayer team, I need you to prophesy quick and pray with power, but then pray for more people around you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, thank you. Thank you that you're the author and the finisher. You're the author and the finisher. You're invested. You are with us. You are for us. Hallelujah. You're a good father. You're a gracious father. You're a gentle father. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we can put our trust in you, our confidence in you, our hope in you. Thank you, God. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are gracious. You are just. Right now, you're watching online, and maybe the whole church thing. You've been hurt by church. You're watching online because you still love God, and you still want to be tethered to church, but you don't want to be hurt by church. So in some way, I'm not talking about everybody online, but there's somebody watching online right now. You've been hurt by church. Maybe hurt by me. Forgive me, it wasn't intentional. But here's a thought. God is reaching out to you right now. He says he loves you. He knows you. He cares about you. Your sins of yesterday don't have to define your tomorrows. God says that if you will trust him, if you cast your cares upon him, he will see you, he will heal you, he will free you from these things. God comes to lift us up. God comes to strengthen us. Hallelujah. God's doing a work. It's a work that only he can do. God says he's not done with you yet. God says he's not done with you yet. He's not done with us. In the name of Jesus, Father, today again, we thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence in this place today. I thank you that you're the God of new beginnings. You're the God of fresh starts. Lord, we make a dedication of our hearts. Lord, we come into alignment with your will. We say not our will, but your will be done. God, take control. Take the wheel. Be the Lord of our lives. We surrender. Lord, we go all in. We go all in. We push all the chips in. We go all in into you this year, 2023. We're not going to hedge our bets. We're not going to play it safe. Fully devoted, fully committed, fully surrendered to you, God. We give you thanks. We give you praise. I'm going to lead us in this closing prayer. Folks are still praying in front, but I want you to, to just hear this. If you've been distant from God and you need to get right with him, I'm going to lead us in this prayer. God will hear your prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming after me. Today, I make my move. I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of my selfishness. Of my sins I fully surrender to you thank you Jesus for finding me for rescuing me thank you Lord for giving me a fresh start help me now to live a life of purpose where I will make a difference in other people's lives in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said amen and amen pastor David why don't you come Church family, we love you. God bless you. Happy 2023. Pastor David is going to close out. If you made that prayer today, that fresh decision to follow Jesus, he's going to tell you how to take your next steps. Amen. If you still need prayer, our team is going to be lingering here for a few more moments. You can come and find them. They'll pray with you. Amen. Pastor David.